0: wailing falls Crowley shaking uncontrollably packed his suitcase Jennifer smoking a cigarette lingered at the bedroom door and observed him coolly saw leavings the answer sweat was dripping off the policeman's brow I saw a man who was dead a man who was murdered in this quaint quiet town and he came back to life murdered and he came back to life." She walked up to him and put her hand soothingly on his shoulder. He knew she was a saint. Nothing but a pure saint to put up with the likes of him. But nothing she could say or do could fix this situation. A life living in fear, in the wrong job, pushing himself beyond his own capabilities, often into a world of darkness. A world of drug dealers, rapists and cold-blooded murders so he could make a few bob to look after her, because she deserved it, had finally pushed him over the edge. The town had blown what little was left of his rational mind, and blown it to the festering wastelands of hell. Can't you see? I'm losing my sanity here, the little bit that's left of it. I'm seeing the dead walk the earth. Maybe you need to stay and face those demons. He broke down crying. They are no longer in my head, love. These demons are no longer in my head. On the outskirts of town, at the foot of the mountain, The mysterious Ballystrange waterfalls shone under the pale moonlight. It was one of the most peaceful and solitary places. Indeed, few knew of its whereabouts. Maeve sat by the banks, watching her reflection in the playful waters and combing her long flowing locks. She stiffened on seeing the reflection of a figure standing over her. "'Took a couple of efforts,' said Deirdre coldly. But your wailing predictions came to pass. A tear flowed down Maeve's cheek. I wouldn't, said Deirdre. "He wasn't worth crying for. Deirdre walked closer to Maeve and studiously watched her comb her hair. Let me help you. Deirdre reached out to grab the comb, but Maeve guarded it like it was her own very soul. It's just a comb. Why are you here? You know why? We are of no harm to your kind. Tell that to anyone who's heard your awful wail. Oh, that's right. They all died within a few days. They were just deaths foretold. Banshees only belong in old wise tales, in stupid old folklore, not in our real world. Please just leave us in peace. There was silence between the two women before Deirdre spoke again. My father was an art collector. As a young girl, I travelled the world with him, to China, to Africa, to Egypt. He dedicated his life to salvaging the great antiquities of the past. He saved them from the robbers and the looters and the barbarians. He too would have loved to have been left in peace. But I saw him die before my eyes, and it was anything but a peaceful death. I'm sorry about your father, would you wail for a man devoured by a loathsome demon with the body of a lion and the head of a... She was guarding the pyramid and its artefacts. She was a murdering fiend, screamed Deirdre. With vengeance dancing in her eyes, Deirdre tackled Maeve for the comb again. No, please. More people could be heard running through the bushes. Maeve looked around anxiously to see two of Deirdre's young cohorts. Dear and Declan, our numbers four and five to be precise, emerged from the forest. Ah, oh, my hairdressers. Maeve made a run for it, but the demon slayers jumped on her, knocking the forlorn banshee to the ground. As she fell with a thump, she lost the grip of her comb. She reached out to grab it, but Deirdre stepped on it. Deirdre then pulled Maeve's beautiful long hair, her long flowing locks. She pulled the fair hair violently as if to rip each strand of goldenness out of her head. Such fine hair. Deirdre then swung her cleaver and chopped off the beautiful hair in one sweep. Maeve emitted a piercing wail like another worldly animal. Silly me, said Deirdre, for thinking you'd lose your wailing powers with your hair. Deirdre picked up the comb with great satisfaction. You see, I too know when the hour of death is upon us. Deirdre abruptly broke the comb, over her knee. A great wail echoed all around the hills, the forests and the lakes, and then softly faded into nothing. Soon there was only stillness. Even the waterfall was silent. Time is demons. Shifra tended to Turluk’s wounds on the hill of Nochnashi. Why is daddy all cut? asked Ciaran. "'because he was working too hard on his computers,' said Kelly. "'But computers can't harm someone, can they?' asked Kieran. "'Oh, yes, they can,' said Kelly. "'Children, isn't it late for you to be out and roving about?' said Turlock, "'trying to hide his annoyance.' Sheffer smiled as she watched them playfully run away. The "'Fairy changelings were fired,' she said. "'Those girls who find it hard to hold down a steady job.' They were not without talent. If the fairies can create viruses like that, why not good code? Thurlock, you must stop asking for the fairy code. Every programmer has left me. Every computer in my office is smashed. And every pawnbroker in Ireland wants to kill me. What have I left? Thurlock, you have everything. You have me. You have the children. This insane pursuit of computer code is turning you into a... What? A monster? Like you? Like everyone else in this goddamn town? The children need to be put to bed. She turned and walked away. He followed her. I will pay whatever price. Let my soul be damned. Shifra did not answer and disappeared into the night. He called after her but there was no reply. He eventually heard someone in the distance shouting out his name, a man's voice. Cecil struggled up the hill. He was deeply out of breath and in a terrible state of panic. Turlock, you must come. Something awful has happened. In the town hall, 30 minutes later, some men like Dr. Winterman sat silently in grief. Amongst the rest of the men, folk of Ballystrange... There was consternation. Thurlow called for order. We have sadly lost a number of our beloved better halves. But we have nothing to fear, gentlemen. The curse can only be lifted when each and every one of our womenfolk have been slain. He held up some old scrolls. It says so in the archives. She's already got mine, said William Swift rubbing his teary eyes. The words in mind began to echo all around the old town hall. "'She's killing them all one by one,' said Cecil. "'She's the righteous stranger the prophecies warned us about.' More pandemonium broke out in the town hall. Hurlock appealed for order. Be that as it may be, even the most talented demon slayers does not have the wisdom to destroy every demon. Few men looked convinced. "'We should kill her,' said one man. ''Yes, hire a sniper and take her out,'' said another. ''Violence is never the answer,'' said Turlock. ''Listen to me. She can only win if she wipes out every woman in this town.'' ''She's well on her way,'' was the reply. ''Well, it's time we made things a little more difficult,'' said Turlock. ''Tony, do not let your wife shapeshift into any vulnerable little animal, not even a mouse. Curb her criminal activities,'' until we rid ourselves of this witch if you say so boss cecil you must guard your wife's cloak now like never before she will never find it of that you can be sure she's got a gorgon a vampire and a banshee said turlock she'll slay no more demons in bally strange Deirdre and her demon slayers gathered in the bowels of Ballystrange Woods. They were all focused on the bag that contained the Gorgon's head. Something was moving inside. Why is that awful head not dead? Do I pay you to be so inefficient? It seems it won't completely die until they are all destroyed, said Dervla. Deirdre walked over to the bag and gave it a ferocious kick. Come on then, she yelled to her young team of passionate slayers. Time is demons, slay them all!